art can mean different things to different people. For me, it's all about the joy of the world. It's time to put away your brushes and paint and explore the unknown. Welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Arst. Well, how was that for an intro? Awesome. <laughs> Love it. That was great. Yeah, I, I, that actually turned out better than I thought it was going to turn out. Actually, it was pretty yeah, that good. Was great. That was pretty good. Yeah. So, hey, everybody that's watching live on Facebook and YouTube tonight, I'm John Cole Artist, and today is the 10th of October. I can't believe we're already in October already. And since Halloween is only 20 days, 21 days away, it's the 31st, right? Three weeks, yeah. yeah. Three weeks away, uh, I thought it would be a great time to have some paranormal investigators on the show to talk about the art of the paranormal. So tonight, I am so happy to have on Lucinda and Donald Bentley. And some of you folks might know Lucinda. This is her third appearance on the show. So Lucinda, welcome. And Donald, welcome. And I also have Sam and Heather Cox. Welcome to you both as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I am so excited to have you guys on. Um, I know you guys are former members. This is how we broadcast it out, right? The former members of the Georgia Para Paranormal Society. And uh, and I know you guys have sent me all kinds of cool pictures, and we have a, a audio to look at. So what I'd like to do tonight is just talk about the paranormal, your experiences, uh, maybe tell some stories. And as we're talking, I'll tell you some of my stories as well and share some of the stuff that I have too. So I think it's going to be a really, really cool podcast tonight so sit back folks and you know if you have a stuffed animal to cuddle with maybe you should grab that right now or maybe a cat because i think there's a black cat that's actually sitting on the couch yes. behind you sushi always up in the mix yeah <laughs> well um if, if i could have you guys maybe introduce yourselves a little bit and, and tell our audience a little more about you so whichever order you want to go in i don't think we kind of determined that but you could pick a pecking order and we'll just start uh, my name is Heather, and um, I've been paranormal investigating for probably um, a good decade, almost. And um, yeah, I've been interested in it for more than half my life. I've got to go to a lot of places, experience a lot of things. And my name is Sam, and uh, of course, Doll and I, we were the, and Cindy were the original founders of the Georgia Paranormal Society. We've, uh, I've been doing this for about little over a decade now and uh what really got me interested in doing this was i was a i'm a former police detective and i wanted to prove it was fake hmm. and that's what got me interested in doing this awesome donald i'm donald uh been doing the same with him uh i got into it because i just thought it was cool i was very interested in it. my uh my parents, uh, my mom's side, uh, always kind of talked about stuff. And then me and him got talking about it. And I was also kind of wanting to go, I want to debunk. I love investigating it and trying to figure out why something's doing what it is and proving that it's, you know, it's because of this. This is what you're hearing and have been proven wrong to myself a lot. <laughs> so it's been fun for me. Yeah. Next. Uh, I'm Lucinda, um, also known as Cindy. And um, I remember as a child, I had quite a lot of experiences with ghosts yeah. and with, um, you know, hearing things that were not coming from a human um, in the room. Um, I thought that was normal and everybody had that same experience for a long time. Um, and then, of course, I met Donald, I met Sam um, when with the idea of... Uh, Georgia Paranormal Society came up. Of course, I was 100% in right. at that point. Um, and so I get downloads from Spirit on a regular basis, um, whether it's a ghost or what, um, it just comes through. It's just, mm -hmm. I'm just a vessel that it comes through. Um, so that was kind of what I did with the team. Was the spirit I've had experiences spiritual. since I was like probably about five five, six, seven years old myself. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just normal. Everybody had it. Well, I didn't necessarily think no. it was normal. I just, <laughs> I was I've had experiences. I remember yeah. that stuff pretty well. Yeah. So that's probably what sparked my interest in it when I finally became an adult and was like, oh, this is a thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So Christine, my wife, she's actually out of town. So I'm in the house alone. So hopefully no spirits are joining us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she says, hello, beautiful souls. Amazing intro. Thank you, Christine. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. You know, um, so, so Heather, do you consider yourself then sensitive um, to this since you've had these experiences so long? Yeah, I'm definitely um, an empath. I, mm -hmm. I definitely feel that stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, things follow me, things congregate around me. And yeah, I've had, you know, experiences and probably just like any normal person, you know, until I really got into it, I used to dismiss a lot of things. Oh, it's just the pipes, right. just freaky house, whatever, you know, oh, it's just my, something in my peripheral. I just wasn't seeing anything, but I don't dismiss anything now, but I'm just like them. I'm, I want to go see what it is and I want to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Is it real or is it a pipe creaking? Right, right. But yeah, now, I would say I'm pretty sensitive and I've seen a lot of things, <laughs> heard a lot of things. So, yeah. Now, as far as the two men, which is interesting now, do you guys, do you two consider yourself sensitive at all? Or are you just approaching it from the empirical perspective? You know what I mean? Seeing something and trying to figure out. He he probably he's an empath. yeah he's more that I'm if if I am I don't embrace it he doesn't um, acknowledge it <laughs> I'm he's more I'm more the one that actually wants to find out okay so y'all said that crypto there well give me a second I got two screwdrivers and a stethoscope I'm gonna figure out why <laughs> right, uh, right and I like the electronic parts of it going cool we got a new camera let's set it up he's our inspector um, gadget yeah so um yeah he's more in tune than I am. Um, so, and, our, I, and I'll be honest with you, John, I think that the more you do it, the more you're involved in it, the more, more investigations open, yes. that you do, mm -hmm. more open that you become. And also the more that the stuff that's out there, the spirits, whatever you want to call it, want to communicate with you because they know that you're open. They can sense that you're open. They'll try to make that, uh, that reach out to you. And if they know that they can make a, you know, communication with you, it's going to continue to happen. I, I think you become more in tune the more you do it. You vibrate at a different level and they can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Our daughter is, she's an empath too. And yes. it's, it's when we lived, you know, during the pandemic, when we survived 2020, it was very high energy in our house. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. But we, I mean, we had all kinds of experiences at home too, yeah. just, I mean, just living there, <laughs> not investigating. So, I mean, right. you had a really cool experience when we got engaged. Yeah. So, yeah, we got engaged on a Friday the 13th. It was a full moon as well. And I traveled down to Savannah to um, spend the week <laughs> with him because it was right at his birthday. Mm -hmm. And he actually saw um, my Nana. Hmm. In our house, like full body apparition. The only time I've ever seen to a T. An apparition. Wow. I was not hunting anything. A month yeah. later, I went to an um, to an event, and I had a bunch of friends that were going, and so I was leading their group. And um, one of them is she does she's clear everything, mm -hmm. and she was you know doing her little thing, and um, I asked about my nana, and she said your nana's going to Savannah with you. She likes him. She thinks he's funny and you need somebody funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I had not told her about it because I forgot all about it. So there was the validation that she actually showed up in our house. Yeah. So, so the, well, I mean, that, 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 that begs this question then since, you know, so Sam, you saw this apparition of her grandmother. The only oh. time I've ever seen an apparition. Yeah. Or that, and this was 2020. No, so, it was 2019. Or 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, at that time, I had done so many investigations at so many, you know, locations mm -hmm. and never seen anything like that. And here I am, I'm sitting on the couch. Watching we're Harry watching, Potter. We're watching <laughs> Harry Potter on TV. And uh, I just caught it out of the corner of my eye and I look over. And it's funny because people can tell you what an apparition looks like, you know, but until you actually see it for yourself, it's 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 kind of one of those things that you just you don't believe right and it's not for me it was not that that solid figure with you know full color that you would think it was more of a uh, a foggy projection you know almost really 
really light in color. There was still color. Right. But it was really, mm-hmm. really light. Like you could almost see through it, but it was there and it was looking right at me. And just as quick as it, it, I was, I just as quick as I looked up and saw it and second or two later, it just was gone. Just fade away. So that's a great example then of, you know, human spirits um, here on earth. Do you think that that is what all spirit phenomenon or all, maybe I shouldn't say spirit phenomena, do you think that's what all paranormal activity is? Are human residuals, or do you think there's more than that? Oh, you're all shaking your head. No, okay. Yeah, there's a lot more than that. <laughs> okay. So, 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 what do we think then? I mean, how? Well, let me ask you this: What do you think? In addition to that, are we experiencing? Uh, well, they can answer theirs uh, uh, probably more in depth than me. I'll tell you on my end that I've seen because I'm the one that doesn't feel a lot of stuff that they do. Right. Um, and what made me believe or through the investigations we did and just watching uh, them do stuff is more of learning of residual energy that's left behind mm-hmm. by an act. We had a spot that where Cindy and I lived in Georgia down from our house was an old train trestle still being used. Um, and after doing a lot of history for it in that area, which is what I love is the history. So I did a lot of research in history for it and found out that Sherman, um, when he did the march yep. to Atlanta, the the brigade, whatever you want to call it, that he was actually with was actually there. And they burned that trestle mm-hmm. uh, when they came through. When we did investigation down there, um, we found stuff. They you know, heard things. But I gathered more of the residual energy of what was going on there that I actually felt and was hearing. So, but even with like animals and stuff, um, we've had animals in our house and we love our animals and stuff. And I know when I, if I've seen something or heard a bark or whatever, um, it's them. It's not, but I don't think it's them, them. It's, It's their energy that was left behind in the house. So that's, like to me, place. that's what I've learned okay. yeah. and became a believer on. Um, I personally, I don't know if I've really ever seen, you know, true paranormal. Uh, probably have and just ignored it. Yeah. Uh, that's it like we've Because I would probably okay. run or whatever. So. <laughs> you would have ran. <laughs> yeah. I think residual, in, in my opinion, and all the, you know, all the investigations I've done, residual is probably the most common. Um, you, you know, you do have a lot, there are a lot of like intelligent spirits out there that you can communicate with back and forth. But like when you hear a lot of stories about, uh, they're this lady, she always, you always see her and she just walks down this hall and walks through the wall. Well, that's probably just a memory. It's probably an imprint because it's something she did so much, or it was a place that she really liked to be at, or it was a traumatic place. And that's just the the strongest memory that she had. Energy. Yeah. Yeah, an energy imprint. So, mm-hmm. like a bump in the road in a sonar scan or something. Yeah, and see that oh, there's something happened there. Right. And I've never seen energy. an apparition per se, but I've seen shadow people for sure. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen full on arms and legs. Seen it, and that was pretty cool. In yeah. a dark room, how do you see a shadow? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I believe everything has energy, like you know, we always yeah. talk about in. Anything that has energy to itself that's living can leave that behind, and you can um, somehow, like when you, yeah. you're doing investigations more than I, I did, but in whatever investigations people are doing, or might be seeing those the energy from mm-hmm. whatever it is that's out there, and your energy that you bring to the situation as well, the energy yeah. of the people who are inhabit the, the human beings that are inhabiting that space can have an effect on the energy that's left behind. It's kind of like the cop days with like trace evidence. There's always there's always a trace connection stuff. Mm-hmm. So energy. Yeah. yeah. And, and and sort of just playing off of what all of them have said, I think that that energy can take any form. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is looks like a ball of energy, whether it is a full-on apparition, whether it is a, a mist, you know, 
I don't have an explanation as to why it takes on those different forms. I don't think that they always, you know, like they're saying that, that they have to be human. Mm-hmm. You know? um, obviously it had to be, you want to say that it would have to be something that was some type of living being, but that's not necessarily true either. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be something that, you know, unfortunately I think that's, you know, overblown, which is the, the demonic stuff. I don't think that there's really as much as that as people like to play it out on TV, mm-hmm. but definitely that's, that's gotta be there. You can't have good without evil. Yeah. that We all have some version of not okay. Yes. And so, and I've been to a few places where I'm like, Ooh, I don't know about the energy yeah. that's in this place. Yeah. And then people's impressions in general, just our, our normal impression in general, someone of a Christian faith is probably immediately going to go to, a demon, yes. a demon. Yes. Yeah. If someone is of more spiritual, um, more spiritual, they may go to Native American. Um, that there were Indians there, or there was some kind of a conflict. Not necessarily a version of a human being. Right. Yeah. And we notice that in other investigators too. That's that's one of the things that we've all tried to to really separate ourselves from that. You know, you don't bring your you can't bring your personal, personal religion and, and things into an investigation if you're trying to find the truth. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with that. Cause that was going to be a question, but Lucinda, you kind of answered that for me. So thank you. Um, and that was, what do you think, you know, your religious affiliations, how do you think that that affects your environment? Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and I would agree that I believe that it does because you, you're right. You, you hear the word demonic entities, you know, I, I, and I think most of, if not all of the ghost shows on television do tend to use that. Yeah, but, more particular than others. <laughs> yeah, but that whole term really is, it's a Christian thing. If you're not Christian, then how can it be that, right? At least in that form. But I would agree with Sam that, um, you know, good and evil, and even that I think can be open to interpretation as well. Yes, right? yeah. because it's all about how your energy interacts with whatever, energy is there in the room and it's it might feel great, right? yeah. and great to you, but it might not feel that great to me. And it's just positive and negative. Yeah. I mean, it's not just bad. It's just positive, positive or negative. Lines. Yeah. In the air. And so you're going to have what happens when you have that scientific thing going on. Yeah. And yeah. We'll talk about the scientific in a second. Christine has a question. Um, she says, do you think this energy is rooted in strong emotions that were expressed in a space like anger, grief, and sadness? That's, the first part of the question. Absolutely. There, there's uh, one good example is I think I saw one where some people tried to go do like a uh, investigation at, at uh, one of the Holocaust camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things, grief, anger, tragedy. And that's the feeling that you're going to get. It, it, it combines into that. And like they're talking about, it's not demonic. It's just sadness. It's And that's the energy you're going to feel. And some people will go in there and go, oh, they're going to get this. Some right. other people are going to going to look at it a little differently. Well, yeah. and and not just even sadness and grief and anger and all that stuff. I mean, happiness and everything. Yeah. If yes. somebody was really truly like this, I've been to Disney and this is my favorite place in the world. And they pass, they might show up at Disney somewhere because that's that's what made them happy. Yeah. That's yeah. where they have their biggest impression. So, yeah, she <laughs> says. Do you think if this energy pull can manifest into a being? I think that's dependent on the individual that's yeah. experiencing what's going on and where their fear brain goes. Mm. Well, and that's that, but maybe also to like what kind of equipment that you have out, what kind of things where, because mm-hmm. they pull from energy from things to be able to manifest. True. So if you have enough stuff out, there's a good chance that you might see something a little more than the next person who only has a couple pieces right. of equipment. So and your belief plays a big role in that. So one of the things like you talked about that, uh, you know, one of the places I investigated was a uh, an old Civil War prison camp, and definitely the the entire feeling out there was was sadness and just depression, and the stuff that we got off the EVPs there were stuff like you know, um, help me, go away, leave me alone, leave. And things like that was what we were were receiving out there. There was desperation in the jail that we did, the old yeah. day, old jail that we investigated yeah. as well. It was just a desperate energy. Yeah. 
But she's talking about you can go to a place or a house and say uh, someone who lived there uh, had kids and and just awesome, fun, great life there and everything else, and you walk into it and you could have that good energy. Yeah, that the, ah. the, 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 when you walk you know, yeah, in. And, and you see the, an orb go by or you see something go by that's like happy. Yeah. Um, so it's not, yeah. not everything's always negative. No. Yeah. Right. It's so, no. as much of the positive as there is yeah. of the negative. I would say like out of all the investigations that I've done, there's probably maybe three places that I can say that the energy felt not so fun. <laughs> for for lack of a better way to say it, but pretty much any place that I've investigated, um, it's been fairly benign or, or positive. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think that whole I think the whole demon word is used way too frequently. With um, hype as well. For yeah, and yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, but yeah. like, um, I think sometimes people who are maybe inexperienced with it are quick to jump to that word just to have something to call it. You know, yeah. instead of saying, okay, the energy's just off here. Well, yeah. I mean, what happened here? Were there a bunch of deaths? Was it a hospital? Was it um, a it's prison? Just a mad was spirit. it a war? He's, you know, he was a just battle. ornery. He's just an ornery spirit. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So, so the energy piece, I'm glad you brought that up. I, um, I'll share one, one experience that I had. <clears throat> and this was aboard the USS Hornet. This was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. There was a, um, Paracon and, oh. uh, went there for that met a few folks and then at night they allowed us to ghost hunt till about 2 a.m and then nice. um we could all sleep on the hornet and then the next day we left so so two th two things happened one i'll i'll share an evp here in a second but uh as far as the energy goes this is what i remember is there's a section of their sick bay and of course the hornet was involved in war it was World War II, as well as the Gulf and everything else. So there were, it saw a lot of action during its life. Right now, it's tied up in Alameda, and it's a, um, uh, a museum, right? A floating museum. So we went there. I spent the night there. And in the sick bay area, I remember the story goes that, of course, in the sick bay, you know, people were injured. They were maimed, the whole nine yards, running them through. So you hear the story ahead of time, and you go down there. And I remember walking from the main space into a smaller space. Like it was like the, the main sick bay into maybe the, the smaller medical area. And there was such a distinct change in atmosphere when I crossed that threshold. Like I have never experienced that before. It was as if the entire space felt different physically and mentally. And that's, I know that's kind of hard to, hard to explain, but it was as if I was stepping into some other place, even though it was obvious. I mean, visually everything was the same, but I don't know. It's, it's, it wasn't even goosebumps or anything like that. It was just like a physical mental change in atmosphere. Right. Like another plane of existence, but in the same exact space. I wonder if it was the surgical room. You know, it might have been, Donald, now that I think about it, it might have been, but it it was, so so when you talk about energy and vibrations and things like that, and of course, words like that we hear, and if, if you're a non-believer, you'll tend to push that off. Ha, 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 blah, blah, blah. That doesn't make any sense. There's no such thing. Except when you're in with a group of people at some social event, and all of a sudden you're drawn to somebody, well, why are you drawn to that person? There's a certain vibration, a certain energy that goes on. So yeah. if it can happen there... It, it can lend itself to other disciplines like paranormal yes. investigation. Absolutely. Um, but then the, um, and I'll share this EVP with you from the Hornet and I've got it queued up here. Um, so where this took place was in that sick bay area. And there's two voices, there's myself. And then there's this person I was with, and it was only the two of us in there. And in between you hear a high pitched and Donald and I were talking about this earlier, where a lot of EVP, EVPs, if you slow them down, you can actually hear what they are. So I'm going to play this clip, and hopefully it comes through uh, okay. So here we go. I guess you didn't hear the first part. I must have clipped that off. But the word that came through with that was tragedy. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
Yeah, I did. I did not include the other part of it, but that that word was caught in between me say something and this other person saying something, and it was right in the middle, and it was high pitched, and it wasn't until I slowed it way down, and come to find out that that was an area where, I guess, a person had uh, had been heavily burned and was, and passed away in that particular area. So that was that was really interesting. So so those two things combined really added, um, you know, another another level of belief to. The paranormal, and I would say to, to you know to listeners or those folks that are watching, when it comes to this type of calling, right, is if you really want to understand more about the conversation that we're having, or even some of the shows, even though they're overly dramatized, okay, and and I think we all can agree that any paranormal investigation isn't necessarily walking in through the front door and getting all this activity. It's like fishing. No, sometimes you get stuff, sometimes you sometimes don't. You don't. Exactly. We, we've, we've sitting for hours. Oh, yeah. Hours I've been before and sat and almost bored to tears because yeah. nothing was exactly. happening. Yeah, exactly. Recordings and video going, there's nothing here. Right. But, yeah. but for those folks that really are interested in this, is you, you really need to, to experience it. You know, experience that those long periods of and as a matter of fact, you could go all night and leave and say, well, I got nothing, and then go home and review evidence and find out that you have electronic voice phenomena. Which is most of the time. Most of the time, what happens? Yeah, That's exactly yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the time. That's probably my favorite piece of equipment. I mean, I like all the fun, fancy, like REM pods and things like that. But like, I mean, you can ask him when we would do events together and stuff. I would, I, headphones, noise canceling headphones, mic boost on my recorder. That was my favorite thing. I like to sit and listen live and I like the audio. For sure. So let's talk about equipment. So, so what do you guys, um, you guys have a favorite piece of equipment that you use or do you like the recorder? I'm the cameras. I love cameras. Okay. So, so I use these the, and, and this equipment. I don't really have a piece of equipment. that's a favorite. Good for you. I have absolutely enjoyed the equipment. Oh my gosh. We have a collection like nobody's business, you know, and, and, <laughs> So, you know, some of it, it, to me, is probably a lot more valid than others. I think if if the audio recorder, like Heather's saying, is a must. You got to have that. Right. Like I said, camera. You can use. You got to have a camera. You can use your phone for the camera, especially as fancy as the cameras get nowadays. Oh, my gosh. You can take some really cool Picture, so, pictures, so but we we would use uh full spectrum cameras uh you know night vision cameras mm-hmm. um the room box you know anything electronic meter stuff but really it's it's all and it's all kind of fun um i think it's interesting too the sls connect camera i've got a couple of those yeah which is based off of you know the the xbox connect video game system and it's fun a lot of people don't understand the concept of that and basically that the xbox some of the games the piece is set up on your you know underneath your tv and it's to mimic your hand movements and and everything so that you can it portrays back to the screen and you're playing the game like that so by using one of those and hooking it just straight up to a monitor and then being able to point that thing around and pick up on stick figures as you see on the monitor right. is it i find it interesting uh especially when they're moving because you can clearly see with your own eyes that there's nothing there moving mm-hmm. and yet it's picking something up it's picking something up. Now, is it every time? Is that legit? No, I don't think so. Sometimes yeah, it'll it pick up. Tell. Yeah, sometimes it'll pick up on something and it's just, it's stationary. It's not moving or doing anything. But when you pick up on the, the stick figure and, you know, it it shows it walking away or throwing a hand up or waving or mm-hmm. doing something weird and you're sitting there going, I didn't see that. So is that a definite spirit there or something i I don't know but i do think that that piece of equipment is really interesting and i i enjoy still investigating with that 
I'd say um, in addition to like the audio, I kind of like some of these um, combo pieces like the Eddy because it's got like the, the geo, um, the thing that, you know, measures um, vibration. Yes. And it's got like a temperature gauge on it. It's got a K2 on it. I like the oh, Melmeter because it's the same thing. It's got like more than one piece in it. And it's something you can just set across the room or in the center of the room and you can walk around and do your thing and it will measure different pieces that just kind of, and for me, if I'm listening and I hear something or whatever, sometimes that, you know, it will make the other, the other piece of equipment go off. And then it's almost like a validation. It just kind yeah. of coincides. Yeah. I think using the stuff to validate each other is mm -hmm. one of the smartest things. But if I was telling anybody to, to, you know, what to go and get, if you wanted to go out and investigate, Get you a nice just audio recorder. Mm -hmm. Get you a nice set head of headphones. headphones. Get you a uh, just just your phone camera. It will work just fine. And uh, but you and get you something. The cheapest thing is like the little K two meters. Yes. You want to really be able to go through and debunk where that energy is coming from. A lot of times before we would ever do an investigation for a private residence, we would always go through, Donald and I would always go through the entire the house and with K2 meters and, and, and stuff like that to see if there was just where the energy was coming from in the house. You know, you get around your breaker box, breaker box. you get around your microwave, you get around your refrigerator. Water heaters Hot can water be on heaters. the back side of the wall. Somebody's yeah. Thermostat. something it's it's you know all those things is putting off energy and yeah. so you know you want to make sure that you're aware of those before you even start your investigation so that oh my gosh there's something over here next to the refrigerator no that's the refrigerator <laughs> yeah see that's you know what that that's see the two pieces of equipment that i think really intrigue me the most are the digital recorder and things like the k2 or the melmeter or anything that picks up uh, electromagnetism right, right? Yeah. um the former one, the, the K2 meter specifically, or um, even the REM pods, it all works on the same concept, right? Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think the K2, if, if you if you don't believe in ghosts, you'd use that to check maybe for bad circuits, maybe something's putting off more you know, electromagnetic energy than it should, then you can have a technician come out and fix it. Got that. Right. What, nobody, what's that? I said the air conditioning can kick on and it'll it'll affect the K2. Right, right. So if you pull, if you pull, and this is this is where nobody's been able to give me a good answer to this, and I've asked this question many times, is if you remove all electrical interference things, okay, so you're in a building like Trans-Allegheny, for example, down in Weston, where there is no electricity pumped into these spaces. If you turn off your cell phone, because sometimes the cell phone will affect your K2. Mm -hmm. Explain to me how electromagnetism can be free floating and affect your equipment in those particular circumstances. And nobody's been able from a skeptical side to explain that. Is there uh, such a thing as free floating electromagnetism? It is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. So I don't see why it couldn't be just floating around everywhere. So I, I'll give you my, my opinion, which is non-scientific mm -hmm. whatsoever. Uh, but yes, that electromagnetic energy and stuff that's floating around, even um, wiring and copper metal parts of the building and stuff like that, even there's no electricity going through it, it's conducting. There's, it's conducting everything that's around. And there's actually, you know, there's always electricity in the air, you know, even from storm, um, like cell phone signals, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Depending on the building itself, you can get or wrap yourself around a copper wire and you're going to pick up something. Well, your okay, car, so your heart has electrical energy, so just being in a room, right. you are producing a new energy. They're getting toys. Okay. okay, so so Donald, you gave me a really good skeptical response to that question. <laughs> no, you really did, which is good because I hadn't considered the fact that there could be residual electromagnetism in copper wiring and things like that, which makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. The, the point I was going for would be the believer side, which is, well, if it, if it isn't that it's gotta be. Correct. Right. So, so I'm really glad that you said that because 
you didn't answer my question and now you made it even more confusing for me. So thank you. That made sense. <laughs> well, so now I'll, I'll, I'll finish that off before he tells you about this and, and gets his opinion. The other thing I, I actually feel about that is we've been to places where all electricity is turned off. There's mm -hmm. you know nothing there and you'd pick up something. And even though I'm a skeptic that I can go, all right, well, what about this over here? And, right. and, you know, and I used to, you know, do microwave radios and stuff with cell towers and understand the, the, the signals and things. Um, there's sometimes that even me trying to do what I just did, if you're looking at it and you're getting the readings, there's nothing's going to explain that there's something there. Right. Um, so yeah, you turn everything off, you're getting something and sometimes you, you just can't explain it. Right. Why it's called paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, so John, I just want to show you this. If you can see this here, I'm going to hold it up closer yeah, to the camera. The so this is probably my favorite piece of equipment. It's the Trifield Trifield natural EM meter folks. A natural one. Now they make a Trifield meter. This is the Trifield natural. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this one is, is specifically designed so that it's not picking up your refrigerator, your microwave, and things like that. And so this is a really interesting piece of equipment. It's it's a little old. I don't mm -hmm. think they make this thing anymore. You know, you have to probably find it on a secondary market or something. Right. But uh, it's I, I really enjoyed setting that thing up in a room and watching it because uh, – it's not going to pick up on me. So that's one of the cool things about it. Right. But I, I would, I would recommend if, if that's something you found or came across, try this thing out. It's pretty interesting. Right. Cause it's not made for ghost hunting. This is not made for, you know, that stuff. This is. Oh yeah. 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 When ghosts, when, when you when, when people first went down this road, I mean, if you go back in history, it's, it's, they use tools that were never meant for this. Right. Right. Exactly. Which, which was the second part of the digital recorder slant EMF detector thing. And I guess this question is more aimed towards Donald, since you're the skeptical one, maybe you can help explain this an alternate explanation in the old days, right? When you go back to forties and the fifties, when they uh, did a lot of ghost investigation, Ed and Larry and Warren, for example, or, or um, Hans Holzer, those type people. So they would use reel-to-reel -reel, uh, magnetic tape. Yeah. Okay. And of course, from a skeptical perspective, when you picked up a voice, you would immediately say, well, the tape's been recorded on it, even though it's been erased, there's still residual magnetism that when played back, you can hear the voice. Got it. Okay. And I, I'll step back and go, all right, I'll give you that. But how do you explain voices showing up on digital media, which is, yes, it's got a magnetic current in it. However, if you're buying it straight from Walmart, how can there be a pre-existing voice that might come through? You know what I mean? So my question would be, how would you explain that then if not paranormal? So um, with that one, I've actually thought about it several mm -hmm. times. And I cannot repeat some of the stuff I looked up on digital recording and how the digital goes, you know, what the voice it records and goes into the microchip and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I just want to tell you is no, I don't, to me, if, if there's a digital recorder that I cannot explain that I actually do not have anything in my head mm -hmm. or anything I looked up that I can debunk off of that one. Awesome. Pretty much if they, <laughs> If, if, if they're doing something digital to me, because um, the only thing digital to me that I can debunk on something like that is like if you're using a digital recorder and you say, I've used this thing for the past, you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, well, you know, I'll be quite honest with you because, yes, you can erase stuff off of hard drives and digital and everything else. But eh, there's probably still something in there. And if there's a, a anything that can be pulled off of it. OK. And if. If it's something fuzzy and you're going, can't you hear it? it says cat? And I hear, uh, well, okay, yeah, I think you're making that up. Uh, <laughs> but if it's Plains Day, it's something you bought, it's new. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much going to look at you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Where'd you get it from? You know, I'm going to believe it. So, right. so, so <laughs> before you get too far off that, one of the one of the funny things I wanted to say was, you know, you think about back when we had VCRs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and we would play the VCR tape over and over again. We would record our favorite shows on that VCR tape over and over again. Eventually, at some point, or if it was one that you rented back in the old days, <laughs> at some point, yeah, you're going to start playing that VCR tape, and it's going to have a blend over of a couple of different hiccups. things that are recorded on there. Right. So I think when you get into talking about the old real or the old cassette tapes and things like that, that that throws that up for, you know, interpretation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the digital, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I don't have a thing for it. All right. No, that, that works for me. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right. Christine asks, do you research a place before you investigate or do you go into a place without any prior information? I would say if it's um, like a non-residence, because I haven't really done a lot of residence, so I can't speak on that. But I would say if it's a non-residence place, like, you know, Alleg- Trans Allegheny and stuff like that, absolutely you do your research. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Good. Go no, I've, I've actually, I would, I would research where it's at. <laughs> okay. And then her second part is, do you think having prior information about a place affects your experience? Now, her and I, we've had this conversation many times, so I'm glad she asked the question. All right. So I want to pop it on this one right here really good. I'm going to pop it on too. So when we would do investigations for people, for the residences, uh, Don and I would usually go out a week, days in advance, and we would sit down and, and we would ask them, okay, <laughs> what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What rooms? At that time, we would be, you know, using the meters to determine where the hot spots are in the house as far as things like that. Right. We would, docu- and we would document every bit of that. Now, we would not share that information with the rest of the team when we would go back to do the investigation. We would know this. We would have those notes. And so that may influence where we're setting up, you know, static cameras and things like that or where we want a, a certain investigator to be in that area. Cause we had one investigator that was with us at the time who was a, you know, a very sensitive medium and could see stuff. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to influence anything. Um, but we would have cases where, you know, we would, we would hear, okay, one particular case. Okay. We would, she told us that there was an Indian that she saw outside of her window. Uh, a Native American, right. and uh, and so our sensitive medium, when she, first thing she saw when she stepped out of the car, she said, "There's a Native American guy that's standing over there." Right. She had no idea. It was not anything that we shared with her. Right. Yeah, I, I, I like researching. I like to know about the place before I went into it, and uh, what uh, she was saying is, um, I do actually believe. That if everybody in is doing the investigation knows everything about the place and the history of it and and has researched it, yes, that can actually you know prompt you in effect. Which is what he was talking about is people on our team wouldn't know. They would see stuff, tell us things, and we actually would go with them versus what we knew uh, to go with it and follow it because um I think I don't want my judgment to get into it for what I've researched. Right. Yeah, I right. Don't want and for me, I personally think knowing that history, I think it depends on the person. Um, no, it's okay. I think it Wait, depends on the, um, the person, the individual themselves, because, you know, if you're somebody who's a skeptical believer, like we are, you know, you give me this information. Okay, cool. I know what everybody else has experienced. I understand what the history is. I'm going to go in. Now, if I see something or somebody hears something, experiences something, whatever, I'm still going to be that skeptic and I'm going to go see if I can debunk it. Is it really legit? You know, is this really what everybody says they've been experiencing or is this just, you know, because that's what was said, you know. Yeah, so I, mean, mm-hmm. I didn't want to know anything yeah. going in, other than you know. But you're also very sensitive, so that makes sense. And that's the reason you don't I want to be. Want to you don't want to have thoughts already in your head. They're going to make you kind of yeah. go looking. Yeah, but for me, like I'm not necessarily looking for what evidence that I've been told. Oh, this person, you yeah. know, hangs around this room. We see dark shadows and mists over here. Okay, I'm not going to go looking for that. 
I'm going to look and see what I actually see, experience, feel, hear, smell, whatever, and then take it from there. Yeah. Right. But I have a little history, so I go, okay, well, it, it could be this or it could be something and completely different. we would use that in our early investigations with them not telling the rest of us. That's what I was telling you. It, it would yeah. be a good check and balance at the mm-hmm. end. Yes. It would val- either validate or invalidate. Or, mm-hmm. yep. And it gave us a better sense. It also increases the trust between your team members. Yes when you do that yeah. because then you don't go in trying to make sure that you hear something or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, you're you not out on the other side. It's an yeah. actual hmm. conversation and right. looking at facts. Yeah. So yeah. you're not trying uh, to make yeah. the evidence work for your right. investigation. You're, you're actually trying evidence. to investigate for evidence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly what she said. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, no, that's a really good answer. And I'm, and I'm glad because I, like I said, uh, she and I have had this conversation every time we watch something on television, that's paranormal. It seems to go to that particular question is, you know, do we think that having too much knowledge about something can actually affect what it is that you're doing? And I suppose it's probably the same question that we spoke of earlier about your religious beliefs and how that affects. It's the same kind of concept where um, sometimes the more, you know, can be harmful. But on the other hand, if you don't know anything, then that could be harmful as well because you may not know how to interpret what it is that you're experiencing. It you're experiencing, right? If if uh, shadow figures would be a great example. If you didn't know that that was something that was a phenomenon that happened at a particular location, and Donald, you being the one that sees apparitions and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, or no, that was Sam that saw the apparition. If he didn't know that, but see, yeah. you you have different differing abilities, right? And being a skeptic is one of those abilities. Yeah. Um, so everybody on the team has a role that they share so that whether we experience the same thing or not, we trust those roles that everybody plays. And that's what makes a good team is to have a lot of different roles that people can fulfill so that you have a more rounded experience. So so how do you so how do you guys feel about solo investigator solo investigations then? I mean, would any of you see yourself just going out and doing it? No. no. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have the buddy system and it's not even about like being scared or anything, it's about safety. Yeah. Like if you go investigate, you're like, oh, look at this dilapidated house over here. I bet it's haunted. Let's go check it out. If you go in by yourself. Mm-hmm. And you fall through a hole and you're stuck, you break your leg or something yeah. stupid, you're stuck. Don't go swimming. You're stuck. But if you've got somebody there with you, you've at least got somebody who can call 911 or transport you to where you need to go or just come and check on you and pull you up out of the hole. Or, I mean, you know, the property owner drives by and they've got a shotgun. I mean, you know, <laughs> you have yeah, to have a system somewhere. But you have to, yeah, you or have to go. Buddy. You, can't, you can't do it by yourself. And like some of these shows that, that have, um, People that are by themselves, you know, okay, if that's really what you want to do, but if you go and you separate and like your walkies don't even reach each other, yeah, something detrimental could happen. And if you're staying there till whatever time in the morning till you decide to, you know, okay, sun's up, it's time to break down. That person might have been bleeding out Mm -hmm. if they got hurt. Not to mention trapped in a jail cell or something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I a scary it. cat. I'm afraid of the dark. I, will, I won't lie. Pitch I black. want someone there with me. Me too. <laughs> and something either, none of them have mentioned yet is what if the environment, whatever's there, affects you? Yeah. What if What if? If that's something that you're sensitive to the point where, you know, it's it physically affects you, affects yeah. you mm-hmm. and, and, and causes harm? A panic attack, an anxiety attack. We're talking a real You get rageful for some happen. reason. Yeah, you get nauseous. You know, any of those things. Any type of, you know, you were talking about, you know, possible possessions at that point. I mean, yeah, you never know. If you go and pass, you know, even all that, what I look at also is if you're doing a solo investigation, um, even if you're like going to like a hotel and each person goes to a room somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, to me, one person going and doing an investigation in one spot, um, uh, you don't have the, uh, it's it's individualized. Mm-hmm. So if you have more than one person and something happens, and then you have a validation that two yeah. people yeah. have seen this. The same thing with equipment. You if you have one piece of equipment and you only have one piece of data. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have five pieces of equipment 
that something happens. You have five pieces of data. So investigations with at least two people in a area, you have a validation of more information and data on that particular uh, instance than you do one person going, I heard it. Right. Even when we would do our, uh, a lot of our residential investigations for people, if one of us, if it was just one of us that was in a room or something though, you know, we still had the static cameras that were set up. And so Donald was usually watching the cameras and he could actually radio in if he or come and get us if something was wrong, if he saw something was not going right. Yeah, I was listening to audio through the camera, looking right. at the camera uh, to where, and that's where the other part about it is if, if she was in a room um, and she was talking and she was getting stuff off of whatever equipment she was doing, I'm also watching things as a validator going, I can see that coming across. Right. And then I also might be able to see something that she can't if I'm using a multi-spectrum camera yeah. looking at the room or night vision or whatever it is. Yeah. So this still, you're doing a two person investigation in an area, yeah. even if you're not physically there. The minimum. Yeah. 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 It's a scientific method. You've got to have more than you it's can called just the do it system. once. You have yeah. to do it more than once to validate. Yeah. 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 To- uh, yeah. We could talk for hours about the scientific, <laughs> you know, the, the hypo, you know, the scientific method in terms of the paranormal, because I know that's been a contentious subject on, you know, for most skeptics, for as long as people have been, you know, researching the paranormal is that repeatability factor, right? Let alone the validation, because I know that Lucinda, you and I could be in a room, you could experience something and I don't. Absolutely. So there really isn't any validation at that point, right? So right. Um, we're so individually made up that there's no way that, I mean, based on our past traumas, based right. on our healing level, where we are in our life, all of those things make such a huge difference in how we perceive the world around us. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Perceive the emotions that we get if we're, you know, if we receive emotions from rooms or situations or things like that. And then maybe the spirit doesn't like men. Maybe it doesn't like women. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll communicate with someone else, you know, in there. Maybe it, Maybe it feels your more energy comfortable with somebody and it else feels, you know, than one person. yeah, it feels your energy and feels more comfortable with your energy as opposed to someone else's energy. Like I get a lot of kids that and gravitate I, towards me. I think that that's a big thing, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Cool. All right. Now you guys um, had sent some pictures um, and believe it or not, we're already at 52 minutes into this thing, which is amazing. I just, I mean, I, I've got all these other questions that are floating around, but I do want to get to some of the pictures. So of the sets, and I know that um, we had some from Savannah, we had some from uh, that you Heather sent. And then uh, Sam, you sent me another set, which was from, which somebody sent from where? From a, a person that sent those into us. Okay. Asking for our opinions on what we thought that might be. All right. Which which image set would you like to take a look at um, first? Any of you go for Heather's. But it doesn't matter. Whatever you whatever you start with. Okay. Let me open these things up and make sure that my system is operating in accordance with the Mac operating system. Here we go. <laughs> and okay, these are probably going to be out of sequence a little bit, and I apologize for that, but it's just the nature of the beast here. So. Um, so this is actually a close-up. Um, we were supposed to have an event, um, at a location and it got canceled last minute. And so we decided to head out towards like Johnson city, Tennessee. And there's a little jail there. I can't remember. It's their old little County jail. And I had taken a picture of like the jail cells downstairs and I took a, I zoomed in on it because I, I took what I thought was a face. It looked like a face in there. So That would be up in this top where it looks like there's the eyes and the nose and the mouth. Right. Which I don't know that it necessarily is that, but that's what it looked like. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. But we weren't in it. I mean, we were just in there just walking around doing our own little thing. It wasn't like it was a full on event or investigation. Yeah. So in that it's going to be on the second row, right in the middle. And that would be second row middle. This one here. Up one. Up one. This one here. Okay. That's where I had seen it. I don't know how I even noticed it. And, but yeah, it was just yeah. at a, just at a little County old jail that like people could just walk in and out of. And that's what we did. Okay. One. 
this one was actually, I took like three pictures in a row. This one was at the Tracy City um, in Tennessee, the Tracy City High School in the gymnasium. Now the gymnasium was on the backside of the school, so it was not near the road. So I don't know what that big thing is that's going down that. Yeah, the big line. I don't know. No. Yes, that was not in any of the other pictures. But if you can see on the left side, there's a chute going up to the window. There's a face in the window. Right up here? Yeah, on the on the left. So on the left, there's like a it looks like a little streak. Mm -hmm. Center window left. This mm -hmm. one here and up yeah, here? Right yeah, right yeah. there. And it's only in that picture, but there's a face. If you zoom in, you can see yeah, what looks like face can... in the window. See if I can. I don't know if I can zoom in on this thing. I think I can. I'm I'm, I'm working with multiple monitors here, and I've got uh, yeah, that zoomed that. in. Now you just have to bring it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can bring it over that way. I don't know if I can but bring it over as far as I want. Either way, there was a face in there, and I had I didn't even notice it when I was looking before. But I have a, a friend named Rick who is a ghost hunter as well, and um, he's a stuntman and everything. I met him at a con, but he pointed that out to me. He said, you, you realize you've got a face in the window up there. And I said, what? Yeah, I just really saw, uh, you know, what's this orange streak going down right. the side? That's, that's what I was, here. that's the thing I was there. So, but yeah, it looks like, I don't know. Hang on. Let me see if I can. It, this was with a digital camera, I'm presuming, or iPhone or what was it? It was with my phone. Okay. So let me see. I don't know if you'll be able to see it very well on my. But it kind of looks. Let me bring it up here. Hang on, let me. Uh, it kind of looks like a face. Okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. But when you look at it in person, it's easier to see some of the features. Right. So. And that's a, that's a that's a good thing about digital, I think, as well. Um, although, you know, I, I I'm kind of on both sides of the fence when it comes to you know the, the equipment used for photographing the paranormal, right? You've got things like Polaroids, you've got the old fashioned film camera, which is a little less likely to be manipulated after the fact right. than digital. But on the other hand, digital, you have that capability now of enhancing photographs to the point where we could clarify details and you can zoom in. And I can tell you, I am not technologically savvy when it comes to that. So these are all like, I took the picture and that's it. <laughs> it is what it is, right, right. Yeah. Okay, what else we got here? Let me see if I can get this. Through. Okay, this one here. So that one's really tiny, but if you want to see it big, like oh, in better clarity, um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it's actually aired, I did unbeknownst to me until we saw it, it's There's actually Heather. aired on um, uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera on the Disco Discovery app or Discovery Channel. And is, um, I looked it up last night, it is season four, episode 21. And they, they went to the Titanic. It was at the Titanic Museum in 2014, the mm -hmm. one in Pigeon Forge. And in the case that's on the left, it's like a bed warmer or a book or something like that. But somewhere out of nowhere, a woman's like a full woman, like apparition, mm -hmm. little dress is there. Yeah. There yeah. was nobody. We did dress up, but everybody dressed up in just nice formal clothing. Nobody was there looking old fashioned. But even then, a reflection is not going to be tiny like that. It's going to be a full size like human reflection. Yeah. So Man. that was actually taken by one of our, one of my, some of my friends that were guests at that. And it was taken with a flip phone. Okay. <laughs> so fashion flip phones, flip, flip yes. phones. That's me, yeah. on the, that's me on the right, right there. You can see. So. Yeah. And, and just Christine, since you're still watching, it's it, this Titanic museum is the exact one that you and I went to. So don't be yes, freaked out, but yeah. My favorite my favorite places to investigate. It's amazing. This one was um, when I had first become crew with that company, and we were actually at the Thomas House in Red Boiling Springs. It's a, a bed and breakfast inn. And one of my friends at the time was like, send me a selfie. I don't really like taking selfies, but I did it, snapped it, sent it to him, was about to delete it. And he said, it looks like there's, you're not alone. And I was like, what are you talking about? The fake flowers like behind my shoulder? And he said, no. And it actually is between my hair and the fake flowers. There's something floating behind me. You can see the eye, you can see the mouth, you can see the neck, and you can see that it's transparent because there's like a chair or a bench or something behind it. Mm -hmm. That was a totally unexpected. We were on a, like a midnight break. <laughs> I just took a picture at the top of the stairs. Yeah. So. Christ, Christine actually said, um, I picked up on some information while we were there. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Interesting. Uh, let's see what else we got. 
once I can get that. There we go. So this one's at the same place, the Thomas house. This one's obviously during the day, but if you're looking on the right side of the screen, there's the, the chair or whatever. And then there's that little shelf. And then right behind a shelf, it looks like what appears to be a little girl standing yes. right there, that there is nobody there. There literally is like a white angel statue that sits on that thing. So there is something, yeah, right there, something yeah. standing in the doorway. But if you look even more, right in between the two guys' heads, if you zoom in a little bit more, it looks like a face with teeth right there. Right, hmm. in between, right at the back of it, yep, that kid's head, yep, right, right there. Here. I don't know if that was really that or if that was just a play on light or whatever, but I thought that was fairly interesting, Very interesting. on that one. That place has so many. This wow. is the same hall. So that statue you see right there, that's that. But yeah, those are orbs taken by, that's a picture taken by one of my friends. I was there with him at that night when um, that picture was taken, but those are legit orbs everywhere. This, this bed and breakfast has so much there. There's so many portals because there's mirrors all over the place. And some of them face each other. Yes. <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me that there's all that. Yeah. You know what? Why I find this so interesting because, you know, I have, um, I have photographs of quote unquote orbs. Yeah. Um, but they're significantly different than this. Yes. And so, you know, a lot of folks will say, well, it's dust particles in the air. And while 99% of the time, that's probably, yeah. matter of fact, the, the yeah. orbs that I've taken photos of, I'd be willing to bet that what that is, is dust because you're yeah. in a dusty place. You kick stuff up. You don't see it. You take a photo and there they are. However, yeah. what I'm looking at in this photograph is completely different than that. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it almost looks as if they're self-illuminated. Yes. And like the one on the lower left, this one over here, and I'll see if I can zoom in a little bit. It has like, like energy coming from it, mm -hmm. which is something you do not see with your typical dust orbs. Right. So that's a, that's an amazing, that's an amazing shot right there. I think. Yes. I concur. Yeah. Now this one, same place, but a different hallway and it's a ghost cat. Oh, is you that can, what that is at the bottom? Yep, you can see the eyes, and you can kind of see the body and see the tail. It's a little, oh. little ghost cat right in front of the table. That's cute. And that is actually, like I've been told many times, I've never experienced it other than this picture. Um, there have been guests that have been to that place, and, and their kids are like, oh, hey, kitty, kitty. And right. then the cat disappears, and they're like, mommy, where'd the kitty go? And there is no cat. They don't have pets at this place. They don't have pets. They don't mm. have any pets. None. Oh. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I think that was the last shot. Yeah, I think that was the last online. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're at an hour, so I'll probably end up um, holding the other set of photos for the next Absolutely. time that you're on. Absolutely. Um, but I do have a question. Christina Blue, she asks a good question here as well. Uh, have you ever experienced emotions of extreme love when interacting with these entities? Yes. You have. Yes. That little boy oh. I told you that followed me around the Titanic. Like I really felt like that, you know, he was, he was, he missed his mommy and he was following me and it just felt very comforting and warming. And he actually came down to that room where that picture was taken and stood next to me. And I felt him, I, I felt like the chills and my dress move. And I made my other crew member. I said, is my dress moving? She said, absolutely not. <laughs> but I felt very like warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Awesome. That's well, see then. Yeah. So it's not all this negative stuff that you see on television. And again, I hate to keep going back to that, but no. you know, like we were saying, they, they over dramatize everything. We um, had a, uh, Don, Don and I were, we were in one of the rooms and at someone's house and the reports were that they had seen a little girl spirit throughout the house. And mm -hmm. so I was sitting on the couch in the room and I said, you know, if, if there's a little girl in here, would you come over here and sit on the couch with me? And I've actually got this EVP I can send to you. And we play it back, and as clear as day, you can hear the child in, in a little girl's voice say no, and then say, Mommy. Wow. And when you hear that, you can't help but get emotional about it, you know? Right. Thinking about that child spirit, and is it stuck there? And what can you do for it? 
Yeah. So. Well, yeah, this this has been just as I thought it, it exceeded my expectations. Good. And, uh, but I want to thank you, Heather, Sam, Donald, and Lucinda for spending this hour with me and with all our listeners and those folks that will watch and listen uh, as time moves on. Because remember, the Internet's forever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So this conversation will be out there forever. So someday somebody's going to look back and go, hey, I remember those people. They, they got me into paranormal investigating or they helped explain something for me. Um, but really, I, I can't thank you enough. This has just been amazing for me. Um, no, thank you. Um, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so folks, um, the next two weeks, I'm going to be off next week. Lucinda and I, and I don't know, Donald, are you going down to Atlanta? Or no, you're... You're going all right. Cool. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, yeah. Next week, uh, Lucinda and I we're going to be speaking at the Behind the Power event in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to be talking about fear. Lucinda's going to be talking about something. Hope, hope <laughs> paranormal investigation would be awesome, but I don't think that's the case. I can um, probably work that in somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Waldo. <laughs> But uh, we're going to be down in Atlanta, so there won't be a broadcast next week. Um, and the following week, I think, is um, that's the 24th of October. Um, I'm not sure whether or not I'm going to broadcast on that date yet, but if I do, you guys will be the first to know. So anyway, thank you again thank for you. all you folks watching and listening. Thank you for spending this, this time with us. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and with Halloween coming up, um, don't be afraid of things that go bump in the night because they're not going to hurt you. They're just people too. <laughs> yes. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you so very much for joining me on the Art Talk podcast, where it's my goal to bring artists together to talk about their craft. If you'd like to join me for a conversation, please reach out via email at johncoleartist at gmail.com or by visiting my website at johnrobertcole.com. So until next time, keep crafting, painting, and inspiring others with your creativity. You make more of an impact than you know. See ya.